Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, how's everybody doing? This is your man, Ryan Hollins. You are listening to NBA Rookie Life. And whoa, 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 hold on, man. We got a special episode. A guy who I go back with, I've had a chance to watch him, admire him, and I never got to play with him. He's not a former teammate of mine, but we're pretty close, man. My guy, none other than Mr. Austin Rivers. Ryan, what's good, man? I appreciate uh, you and your group having me. This is always a fun time getting to catch up with you. So, Austin, man, I got a confession to tell you, dog. I'm going to tell you on the podcast, man, that I, I've never told you before. I don't know if anybody knows this. You are, you look at, look at your face. You're like, what is he about to tell me? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what you better say. You're my kid's favorite basketball player. Really? Yeah. That's love. That's so dope. (laughs) Both of my boys love some Austin Rivers. I think it's the, like, oh, his dad played in the NBA. Like, it's the, like, you know, like, their sons are like, oh, he's a son. Like, they love some Austin Rivers. They relate to you. They vibe with you. Yeah, that's you know, cool, man. I say that's probably why. You know what I mean? Because they they deal with that. I'm sure being your son and having a father that played in the NBA. You know the same type of anxieties. I'm sure and pressures that they'll face growing up. You know, having that shadow. You know, I think I'm probably relatable a lot to that nature. That's dope, man. I take it as a big compliment. So tell both of them I said what's up. Absolutely, man. <laughs> I got you and. Um, you know, Austin, I think for me, our relationship is very unique because, you know, I played for your father twice, but like you were always around, even though you were playing, it was a funny, you're just a student of the game. You could have been in Cancun somewhere or all, like you were always around the game and you love basketball, soaking up knowledge. And, um, you know, we've always had a unique relationship in that regard, man. And I think just talking hoop with you, but I think what a lot of people don't know is 
the respect that you have for the game, the love that you have for the game, man. So for me, I always like to look back at those moments or when we get a chance to sit down and chop or talk basketball, man, or that's why I'm excited to have you on. We get to do those things, but I don't think people understand how many moments you've been around, how deep you are into the game, even, you know, beyond your father, man. Yeah, I um, I, I mean, yeah, listen, I was a privilege, man. It, it, it was honestly, man, I was privileged Get, getting to grow up as a lover of basketball and having the access that I had was something that I now look back and I'm just like in awe of the things that I got to see. Um, I try to, to my best, like collect memories and often try to take myself down those lanes to just like think of all the things that I've been a part of or I've seen good and bad and um, you know, the pretty and the ugly. And it's all just kind of manifested itself to, to, you know, create the, you know, the person I am today and the pro I am today, I, or in, in continuing to try to be, but it's amazing, bro. You know, I've seen you at multiple times, you know, I, I can remember even being younger and going to practices and seeing you guys work and practice. And, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live in that film room and I would, I would get film of all my favorite players. And yeah, it's been a blessing. You know, normally we saw NBA rookie life, but I think your development is very intriguing because of your love of the game. And a lot of kids who are sons of NBA players or former NBA players or coach, like they don't like basketball. They kind of like, ah, like ah, I've seen enough. Like when did you fall in love with the game and why? Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like, okay, like dad, you hooped, but aside from your father, you loved the game or you had your, like you have your own relationship with the game. Where did that come from? When did it start? And where were those, some of those early memories? Cause it was like, it seemed like, like pops was soaking it in. You was on the side soaking it in too. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good question. I, um, you, you, you do often see too, like you said, uh, a lot of coaches, sons, a lot of former player sons in general, usually only have such an interest to the game. And that's just a lot of times I, I can't speak for everybody, but, I would imagine a lot of times just anxiety and pressure is a lot for a player's son or a coach's son, the negativity that comes with it. Also, the one, the one of the will to work, you know, when you're born with everything, sometimes it's hard to compete with kids who don't have everything. You know what I mean? Like the, the work ethic that you have to be able to create is something that you have to like really find a way. Do you know where that came from or was that just you? I, I think a part of it was me, but a part of it was just like I, my dad was so, he is so like, you know him. You know what I mean? Like the way he sure. is, that's how he is <laughs> at home. Like, it's just like, there's no room for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you had to do something, whether it was soccer, basketball, volleyball, whatever. He wanted you to just have yeah. a certain work ethic for it. And then honestly, my older brother, I got a lot from my older brother. I saw him work. He'd always be outside yeah. working out, always outside, always working, always on the courts. And I'm just like, man, I started doing that. And then being called Doc's son, my whole like early elementary stuff really like took a hold when I really liked basketball and started to fall in love with the game. And this thing was attached to me. It was something that I wanted to work my hardest to detach myself from that and get my own name, which took years of work to do, man. Years and years and years and years and years of work. And even today, I still get called that every once in a while, especially by older people. Uh, but I, I take it as a compliment now, but still back in the day, that fueled me. That fueled me. So we'll talk about this later in the show, man. We got something cool for you lined up. Was there a moment where, like, my father didn't hoop. He was a, you know, track football guy. That was about it. But my father was an amazing man. And it's the same thing. Like, Denier, oh, that's a little Denny right there. Like, do you remember a moment where it hit kind of like, no, 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 I'm Austin Rivers. 
<laughs> like, yeah. was it was it kind of high school? You were that dude in high school. Was it at Duke? Was there a moment where it was kind of like, ah, oh, nah, nah, he doing his own deal. That's Doc and that's Austin. Uh, my sophomore year in high school was when like I really kind of blew up on the scene. You know, I was like a known player in the grassroots level, but that was about it. And then my sophomore year in high school, we, we played in like a lot of big national tournaments. Some of them had like ESPN games and I'm a sophomore like handing out 30, 40, you know, point games in these cha- in these. Who are some games. of the players there? Any current players there at those oh, tournaments? Yeah. A whole bunch of guys. Um, Corey Joseph, Tristan Thompson, Michael Kidd Gilchrist was, Kyrie Irving, uh, uh, Lance Stevenson, John Wall, a whole bunch of dudes, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm missing like probably <laughs> my, my, my class, no. class above me those two years, 2000, 2011, 2010 had a lot of good basketball players. So yeah, it was a big time tournament, man. So to go there and like perform at that level, that kind of opened the whole world up to kind of finally my own name a little bit. Was there a matchup, you know, for those who don't know, or some who know the AAU circuit, you know, a big name guy or a guy with an NBA tag, he'll go around with a posse, with an entourage. You know, your, your team might have the little the little makeup, the little uh, tie together jerseys. They got full Nike jerseys, Nike all. Like, was there a matchup against a guy that put you on like, hey, he's supposed to be that dude? Because the young players, the high school players who listen in, the rankings are everything. Was there a dude you went up against and just ate his lunch like, oh, no, no, no. He on right now. Oh, man. I've been on... Um... The AU, you play so many games, you get a, you end up being on both sides of that. You know, you'll have games sometimes. Yeah, modest Austin. I know it's somebody, Austin. Just throw it out. You can modestly throw it out, man. I know, I know you know. I know you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was like a an exact matchup. It was more so like in any big game, in all the mm-hmm. big games, I would just perform well. Like it would just be like, cause it's not like I'm going one-on-one with this guy the whole time, but it would be yeah. like Cause I can't even have, I really don't have an example. Like Brandon Knight was a guy like I played in the yeah, game yeah. with. Brad Beal was a guy that I constantly, we had battles Ooh. with one game. I had like, oh, y'all guard play was crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was like, it was, so we was really out there, man. Like, you know what I mean? It was, uh, try to think who else, who else? Uh, those are like the two dudes. You know what I mean? Who, I who would you give you? I know you would always give yourself the, like, obviously you compete, whoever you wanted, you wanted to smoke. Was, is there somebody from AAU that you remember like, dog, he was a man child. Like at this age, like he was the number one guy. Like he was yeah. the guy. Um, man, there's too many of those. For me, for me, my class, Evan Burns. People don't know Evan Burns because he, he hurt his knee in college. Evan Burns was 6'8", with bounce, three ball. Yeah. Uh, Jay off the bounce, dunk, free throw line, all that. Evan Burns was that dude. He was the one guy where you're like, yeah, he going to the league. She probably should have went to the league out of high school. Was there a guy like that? Obviously, we named a bunch of pros, but at that moment, it was like, oh, he's the dude. Well, I have an interesting story. I, I'll tell you, once, you know how the Nike has all the Nike camps. They have like the guard <laughs> camps, you know, so that, I don't know if they do this anymore. I'm not with Nike. I haven't been. But when I was with Nike, like in that Duke high school era, they used to have the guards go to Steve Nash camp and the wings went to Vince Carter camp and the small forwards went to Kevin Durant camp. You remember, do you remember they used to have the Nike skills Academy camps, right? I wasn't good enough, Austin. I wasn't good enough. I was a late bloomer dog. I'm, I'm living through you right now. If you didn't notice, I'm living through you. <laughs> dog, I signed on late. My story is so backwards, dog. I signed on later. I signed on at the ninth hour, dog. I'm living through you right now. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. So in, in, in a high school, when you're like, they, they invite the top 20 point guards to the Nike point guard camp, the top 20 shooting guards, top 20 small forwards, and they break them up and they go, each Nike, like big athlete has it. 
And then at the end, you all meet and play at LeBron camp because he's like, you know, whatever. You know? Yeah. So that's what we would do. Right. And I did that my sophomore, junior, senior year. And it was a good way to really that's where I would go to camps and really see myself compared to guys, especially guys older than me. I wouldn't worry about anybody my age. I was looking at like the guys above me, like uh, the class above me, John Wall, all these other dudes. I got to play with them in camps and you'd really get to see, OK, so this is what these guys you know, and most of it was just physical. They were like either a little bit faster and stronger than me at the time. So that was a thing. But um, I remember one camp specifically. We had Steve Nash. No, it was Darren Williams camp. That year, Darren Williams represented the guards for Nike. So the top 20 point guards in the country went to New Jersey to have this camp. And I remember one or two guys couldn't come because, you know, one was sick or something happened. One of them got hurt in a tournament week prior. So they needed to fill in a sub. So they found a local kid, a kid who wasn't like really ranked high, you know, just a local player that they thought could compete and fill in. His name yeah, was yeah. Kyrie Irving. No one knew anything about Ooh. this dude. Nobody knew anything. He wasn't highly touted yet. You know, I think he was a, going into his junior year. So he comes to the camp and absolutely just shreds everybody, bro. Like he was going crazy. <laughs> uh, and I ain't even going to say names, but... There were some dudes at the camp like, man, who's this dude? Like, we got random dudes at this camp. This is supposed to be the Nike Skills Academy. I want to play against the best. Y'all got random dudes from Jersey coming in here. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and this dude, Kyrie, went out there and just like, bro, I'm trying to tell you. You know what I mean? So, it, you know, what he does now. So, like, he was out there kind of cooking or whatever. And everybody's not only caught off guard, but everybody's just kind of like, who is this dude? You know what I mean? And some people knew who he was because they follow, you know, especially like the scouts and stuff. But, like, the players didn't. Long story short, he ended up like a year, like a half a year later being like a top five player in the country. So like there's just all types of instances like that where you just, especially in AAU, a lot of guys, like you said yourself, a lot of guys get missed between the cracks. You know what I mean? So you just never know, man. You never know. Now, I, I love that. And I want to drive home for some of the parents listening and for some of the kids who may catch some of this. I wasn't invited to none of this. I played 10 years in the NBA. Kyrie at this the point in time Nobody like who is this dude and is thinking Kyrie Irving. So yeah. none of those rankings mean yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, rankings, rankings only mean something usually to the kids themselves. You know what I mean? In terms of mm. in terms of like actual importance, and again, there is importance just because there's NBA scouts and the game's changed now with social media and stuff, it's different. But even back then, for the sake of understanding that like going to college and performing is everything and going to, you know, now they have the G league or whatever, whatever, you know, everyone's routes different. You don't have to go to Duke anymore to go to the NBA. You know what I mean? You should, I'm going to say that biasly, but you, you don't have to, the top players are coming from all over the place, man. You know what I mean? So yeah, you don't, you know, for the people out there listening or kids out there listening, uh, yeah, you, you, everyone's routes different. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's get to it. Uh, Austin, you're a unique case. I, I had to, we had to live through you for a moment. And that's also important because nowadays the kids who kill in high school, you're on a path already slated from Nike or whoever. Oh, he's the first round pick. He's a lottery pick. He's yeah. like, you're already the trajectories there. Almost. You almost have to trick it off. Like at that point. Yeah. Um, so you get the Duke, you are one of the best players in the country. Why did you come out? Why did you leave? What was your mindset? Were there, was this already set in stone from high school? Were, were you like, was it I'm a four-year guy? Or like, was this like, nah, this is what the dudes are doing. I'm one of the dudes. 
I told them well before I came there that I was only coming for for four or five months. Five months. I'll be there to work. I'll be there to work. <laughs> I'm, my goal, I'm not a college player. I don't want to play in college. My goal was never to play basketball in college. I never grew up wearing a college jersey in my backyard. I never grew up thinking of myself being a college <laughs> legend. I'm not a college legend. I'm not. I, 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 it's not my thing. There's, I got teammates who are college legends. I play with Luke Garza. You know what I mean? Like, this is a guy who yes. went to Iowa, legend, got records, you know, which is legend. dope. That just wasn't my thing. You know what I mean? I wanted to be one of the one and done guys. I wanted to go right to the league. You know, I grew up being around it. I was so close to it, but yet so far, you know what I mean? Because even though I had access to it, I wasn't. Stupid, stu- stupid, stupid question real quick. And I'm sorry to catch you. Were you good enough to be that? Or do you feel like you made yourself what you believed? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was a top. I, I thought I could play in the NBA when I was a junior in high school. Talk I your thought, talk, boy. No, I, I, I feel that way. <laughs> for just, real, for real. I mean, that's only a, it, it, it's a reality. It's only a two-year difference. It's, it's, it's. Yeah. Senior year, freshman year, league. It's two years removed. So the reality, when I was 15 years old, 17 years old, I, I was two years removed from being a pro, which I was. But I knew that. I mean, because that, that's it. I'm not that far back to where, like, I mean, I graduated 2011. So, Ryan, like, even then, even though we didn't have, like, social media like that, all we had was, because I had Twitter, I think, my freshman year in high school. I first got a Twitter. I didn't get an Instagram until whatever, not in high school. Um, regardless. Really? You were like a Hold top. On, you're one of the top players in the country and you didn't have a, a, a no, social have, media. Pro- so everybody's looking at everybody's looking at you and you have no social media. Yeah, we didn't have social. We didn't have Instagram until like my end of my senior year. OK. Instagram came out. Okay. I think the okay. end of Instagram came out as I was going to Duke. So and it wasn't like a thing like it was cool, but like it wasn't what it is now, like where it's like necessary. You know what I mean? Like you almost have to have <laughs> one now just for. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, can I give you a quick story real quick? A quick funny story. Sorry to interject. No, go ahead. I love this kid, Jack. I love this kid, Jack. So you were so big. You're right. It was YouTube. And I was, I, people don't know, I coached AAU basketball while playing the NBA. Oh, So wow. I was coaching and one of my kids was watching. He was the, all my kids were Austin Rivers fans also. My AAU team loved you also, Austin. So you're finding out all the love you had, right? I love it. I love <laughs> so it, they're watching the, they're watching the clip, and one of my kids goes, I love him, so I'm going to out him right now. G- Big Jack. He goes, man, I could do everything Austin Rivers does. You've been holding me back. I said, oh, I've been holding you back, huh? He said, yeah. You see this? Pull up Jimmy, do the leg, bang. I can do all that. Jack had bounce. You know, a little, you know, a little Jack has game, right? So, okay, Jack, since I'm holding you back, I'm going to let you loose. So, we got in the game. <laughs> we got in the game. We going up and down. I said, hold on. ISO. <laughs> Go to work, Jack. <laughs> Do your thing. He got the ball. He racked. Jack's up at three point. I said, cool, cool, cool. No worry. He come down again. It's your time, man. Let me stop. Go. Do your thing. ISO. You know, gets the ball, dribbles a little bit. He looks at me like, are you sure? I said, yeah, do your thing, man. Shoots another one off the backboard. By the third time, he looked at me and was like, all right, coach, point proven. Hey, man, run the offense, dog. <laughs> so, Everybody want to be the point until they get the point. It was, out of, it was out of love. It was out of love. So, okay, back to it, back to it. Uh, you and this one and done thing and you putting in the work. I normally don't hype people up like this, but I want people to know, also, you put in the work. So the respect is there, dude. So back to your back to your story. Back to oh, yeah, just no, get the program. Uh, yeah, the work ethic has <laughs> always been insane. You have to be. You have to be. I, I don't think anybody gets to the NBA. I mean, think about it, bro. I'm 6'4", man, 6'3". I'm 6'4", but like, I'm not a 
I don't have a 50 inch vertical, bro. I'm not the fastest guy in the NBA. You know what I mean? I got here all off work. My whole game is predicated off hard work. You know what I mean? And my goals going and growing up had no disrespect to college. Again, I have all respect for the college players and legends. I just, my identity, I wanted to be known as an NBA player. That's, that's what my thing is. I grew up around it. That's all I knew. Just being so close to it as a kid, I, this was, I had no plan B, man. There was no plan B for me. If I would have not made the NBA, Ryan, I don't know what I would have done. I, it would have been NBA or created a different path. I wouldn't have gone overseas. I wouldn't have gone overseas. I wouldn't have uh, played, you know, G League or anything. It was either make the NBA or, or I would have I, I just really tried to be on the business side of the NBA. I had to be something with the NBA. But I knew my sophomore year, junior year, when I became like the top player, like I said, even though we didn't have Instagram and stuff, you know, if you like a top two or three player in the country, bro, in high school that like, you probably go to the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, especially for in today's sure, world. For sure. you, know, you already had the buzz there. All, all you have to do is go to whatever college you do and play half decent and someone's going to take a chance on you just based off talent alone. Yep. And then obviously I went to Duke and play well. I was a freshman player of the year and first team all ACC. I was doing my thing or whatever. <laughs> so I knew I was out, man. I was, and Coach K knew that though. Kyrie just came the year before me. Brandon Ingram, Jabari Parker, Zion Williams, Tyus Jones, uh, 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 Jaheel Okafor. Uh, all these dudes came after Brandon, uh, Jason Tatum, you know, the uh, Rodney hood, you know, but the list keeps going. I mean, Quinn cook, I could keep, 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 you know what I mean? Marvin Bagley, this, this, that, that whole one and done train. We really, you know, us in Kentucky have really embodied that where you could be a top player, go somewhere. I learned a lot at Duke. Coach K was so hard on me, bro. like <laughs> he was so tough on me, but he made me a lot more thick skinned and helped me out a lot. All right, well, well, hey, man, we're going to tee it up a little early, man. Since you bring up Duke, you hit one of the more iconic shots in Duke history. Walk me through this, dog. I think it might be the happiest I've ever seen my dad. I don't think I've ever seen him uh, yell like that. Or maybe maybe that second happiest. Second, probably the first. I've never, I've never, I played two years with Doc and against him. I've never seen Doc do that. <laughs> Only your kids can do that for you, man. You know, it's always like easy to go back and like dissect something like this, but in the moment, man, you just really just just you're going off instincts. You know what I mean? You just you you're just trusting instincts. We were fighting and clawing back to get into that game the whole game, and we finally kind of catched up to him. And I, I was like, we're not going to overtime. I'm either we're going to win this game on me or lose this game. What people don't know about <laughs> that shot. What people don't know about that shot is I shot the same shot the game before and missed it. We were down two versus the University of Miami, and I went for the win instead of trying to tie it and missed it and got killed for it in the media. And, like, you know, I came to the locker room, everybody looking at me crazy. You know what I mean? Coaches looking at me crazy, like, why would you try to, try to be a hero? <laughs> and the next game, we played Carolina in the same shot. I'm like, I'm going to shoot this again, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm Cause that's my shot. That little <laughs> three. That was the, you know, that's the, I love to step back threes. I was like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm pulling this bro. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, yes. you can swing big, miss big. You know what I mean? And it's one of those moments where you just go off instinct. It was in the moment. I got the switch. I got Zeller on me. So I know I could get the shot off. Cause I, I know, you know how bigs are awkward guarding guards. You know what I mean? So like, they're so scared. Their guards going to go behind them that they're like, not even thinking about the guy shooting the three. So I just really crept up and waited for that clock to wind down and let it fly. And you just live with the results, man. You know? That worked out. What? Thank God. <laughs> what? Um. When you watched it back, and uh, for those who don't know, when I played for Doc, we didn't have to practice much, and I can probably thank you for that, Austin, and the new NBA because anytime that Doc had a chance, he was going to your games. He was going to your brother's games. He 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 would take off any outside of NBA time, and the team was prepared. We were we were equipped. We knew to get our work in. Doc would be there. 
What did it mean watching your father jump up and down like that? Because I'm sure afterwards you got a chance to go and see that moment. What did that feel like? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I had my sister over there and a lot of family over there at the time to see them and my pops. It was dope, you know, because mind you, even though I got to be around my pops here and there, I didn't grow up with him, uh, especially in those years in Boston. I didn't live in Boston. I grew up in Orlando and I've grown up my whole life pretty much for the most part in Orlando. So even when he coached the Celtics, I think he got that job when I was in like, what, sixth, seventh grade? So from like sixth grade to 12th grade, like all I know is him being in Boston. I would only visit three, four times a year, Max. So it was one of those things where to have him at my college game, that happened to be the year the lockout was going on. So that's why he was able to go to that game. That's why he was able to go to all my co- most of my college games was because there was a lockout. So he got to see me play and to have him at that game, you know, in that type of environment and how meaningful the Carolina Duke games were, especially that being my first. It was a special day. It was a special day for my parents, for both of them, my mom and my dad. It was a special day for me. You know, you, you write yourself in history, you know what I mean, when you hit a shot like that and when you win a game. And you don't understand this in the moment being like 17. You're just like, you for, sure, for sure, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, where are we <laughs> yeah, going yeah, after yeah. this? You know, that's what you think in college. You don't really understand what just happened. So it's been a blessing. That was something I always will look back and it'll give me chills thinking about that night. Walk me through draft day, man. You hit the shot. You do your thing in high school. You double down. You do your thing in college again. And you are in the league now. Um, excuse me. You're, get, you're getting ready to be drafted. Walk me through draft day, man. Where were you? Who was your competition? What was your agent saying? What was the mindset, man? A lot of people, I, listen, I didn't get to go. I don't know if you went to New York. Yeah, I didn't go. I was, yeah. I was at ESPN Zone. So talk me through it, being drafted in top 10 pick. Were you, were you like, dang, I should have been number 10? Or were you happy to be where you were? Or was it like, man, you know, I snuck up on cats. Talk to me. No, talk I me wanted through. to be like three, you know, two. I thought I should have been two. You know, that, at the time, this is how I felt. You know what I mean? Like Who had, who, who had two and three at the time? Who were the picks that you, that you, teams that you, that you went to? But I didn't think I fit that team. But three was Cleveland, and that was where Kyrie was. Or three was one of those. I think it was four. Four was Cleveland. Deion Waiters went. Mm, and yep. I wanted to play with Kai because me and Kai had just played together at USA Basketball where we won gold. And I got to hoop with him a lot at Duke because even though he was a class ahead of me, again, there was a lockout. So Kyrie stayed and trained there a lot at Duke. So like I had this rapport with him, and I, I wanted to go play there. That's where I wanted to go. That and they ended up taking Dion. The draft process and all was very stressful for me. I didn't enjoy it. I had a bone spur in my ankle that I knew I needed to get surgery on that I had been fighting through and not telling anybody. So I was dealing with this in all workouts. Some of my workouts were gone. How does a bone spur feel? And what is a bone spur for those who don't know? It's like, it's a pinching, like it feels like there's a pinching nerve in one of your joints. Like every time you went to go bend to jump, you'd feel this feeling of shock in like your ankle. And it was driving me crazy. And they told me I needed to get surgery on to get removed. And I had to play through all these workouts to, you know, without pain and pretend like I wasn't in pain. That way, it would draft me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm only doing, and my draft workouts are stressful. It's not like you're doing a draft workout with 30 guys. When you like a lottery pick, it's just you in the gym and 40 dudes looking at you shoot every right. shot. So like you in there, you're in there doing every every dribble and drill, every work. You got the whole organization, the president, the owner, everybody in there just staring at you move. After I got drafted, I went to the summer league. I played two games, got surgery. Didn't even finish the summer league because my ankle was hurting so bad. That's when I told mm. them, like my third game into the summer league. I was like, yo, my ankle, I got it. Then they did their due diligence. I got the surgery. I cobble into camp, bro. Not even really supposed to be playing, but I'm trying to, it's my, my rookie year. I got to play. I'm trying to prove something. And 
it just went awful. Like my rookie year is, was awful. I, I, I had the worst time. And then obviously being a top 10 pick and then being the number one player in high school two years prior, you got everybody, he's a bust, he's this, he's that. I'm like, yo, a year ago, I was on top of the world. And now I'm like this dude that people think can't play basketball no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then like the last 30 games of my rookie or the last second half of the season, I started to play well. I started to get like a groove. You'll see that with a lot of young players. I'm sure you see it with Houston. The first half of the year, a lot of it's learning curve. There's like this, this snowball effect where it just seems like you can't get right. And then after all-star break, the summer's around the corner, the season's over. You almost end up having this freedom and then you start playing yeah, yeah, yeah. basketball. You start loosening it up. You start having some good games because your team's not playing for nothing. So now you're playing free and loose. And right before I could get that rhythm, I break my hand and I missed the last 30 games of the season with a surgery. By the time I rehabbed back, Ryan, and I got ready to go into my sophomore year campaign and like really show like, yo, I'm going to come back and be like most improved. They bring in Tyreek Evans and Drew Holiday and sign them both to 50, 60 million dollar contracts. So now I'm done. They gave me one year, which I missed most of it with injury. And then from then on, I had to find my whole mental had to change, Ryan. I went from being the lottery pick, the guy thinking I was going to do this to I have to become a role player, which I've never been my entire life. High school, I wasn't. College, I wasn't. I was the man. Every team I've ever been on, I've been the scorer. And that took a year or two for me to really find my way to be a pro. I found that in L.A. That was the first time I became a pro was in L.A. when I learned how to play basketball, not being the guy. What was, with all due respect, I think is important because I always believe in your stories helping somebody else. Do you remember a lowest moment during that season? Because you hit it early. For me, when I was in Cleveland my second year, and um, I got waived because I wanted to go to Boston to play because Boston wanted me the whole year and Cleveland wouldn't trade me. So I had to ask them to waive me. But when you get, you know, Austin, when you get waived, there's like a, a two week window where you can't sign and you're just at the crib by yourself with your homies, not practicing. It was one of the most depressing times of my life where I like, I'm sitting there thinking like NBA basketball is going on and I'm not playing. Yep. This was low. Did you hit one of those moments and who was there with you? Because you clearly bounced back. Yeah, I had a couple of those, man. But I'd probably say my first moment where I was really, you know, low and felt down about myself like that was, you know, I went into my rookie year, like I said, it went that way. And then it ended with an injury, which allowed me some type of mental freedom. I'm like, okay, I got injured. It was a tough year. I'm going to come back sophomore year. Sophomore year going in there, I'm thinking this is my year to really show I could be the scorer, be this dude. They bring in these players. I now I'm like in and out of the rotation. I'm not playing. I'm stressing out. I'm like, yo, what's going on? I remember after games, Ryan, I would go home and I'd sit in the parking lot. And before I got upstairs, like my family and my friends were all up there, you know, my girl at the time, whatever I had going on, I would sit in my car and cry for like 45 minutes, bro. Like 30, 35 minutes, nah, like, you know, praying to God, yelling at God, even like, what's going on, man? Like, what's, what did I do wrong in these past two years to go from being where I was to where I'm at now? Like, now I'm not even, I, I never got my shot. I never, I was so salty and so bitter and like, so, you know, uh, uh, entitled. It, it, it took me time to understand this. And once I was able to get past that and understand, bro, you got to figure out a way to fit in somewhere and be a professional. And okay, maybe you're not the guy, but listen, there's only one or two of those a team, if that. And everybody else, if you do your job well, you can play good basketball, meaningful basketball, and have a great career. And I have to build that. You know, you have to put that together. And that's that that became the new mission. 
but I had, I had to like accept it. I had to accept not being the guy. People would write me off because me coming out of high school, the only thing people wanted me to do, Ryan, was be an all-star. Right? I mean, people think about all-star, yeah, yeah. the mixtape and this and Duke game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, not being a role player and a defensive guy. So when I became a role player, people say, like, oh, Austin River sucks. Like, no, I'm not. Bro, I'm, a good, I'm a good role player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not what you guys wanted me to be, but I'm everything that I need to be for myself, which is all that mattered. You know what I mean? So that's been the journey. You know what I mean? And 99% of the NBA are the others. We're the others. Everyone's the others. You know what I mean? There's only one guy per team, maybe two if you've got a good team. So that's it. Everyone else, you got to get in where you fit in. And for context, Austin, when you came into the league, it was still a two big league where you had four power forwards, two, three centers on a team. You had seven bigs. Like, you weren't going in the paint just laying up over people, bro. Like, was there any? No, it, we got a piece of that. Was there a moment? I know you're thinking of a moment. Give me a moment, dog, where you're like, golly. Bro, I remember I went to the basket. I remember I came down. I split this pick and roll. I remember it was versus Charlotte. I went to go like try to like do a little jelly, little finger roll, and I got laid out by Omeka Okafor, bro. <laughs> this me so, bro, I went to the ground so hard. That's when I was like, yo, this, these are grown men. You know, I was 18 yeah, yeah. playing with these dudes who were 30, 35, got mortgages and kids and bills. And I'm over here playing a game and I go home and play Call of Duty. Like, I'm a, you know, we're kids. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> check, that, that checked in then. And, um, you know, the style of play was different. You know, the, the NBA was still played the post through the post. It was played with a lot of rebounding. I was drafted in the wrong year. Ryan, if I was drafted 10th pick today and they let me <laughs> all out and say, yo, Austin, go be a scorer, I'd go give yes. you a game. I'd give you, I'd give you, I'd give you 16, 17, 18 a game, bro. No problem. But and, and for your and for your size, it's like, well, Austin, he's not a traditional point guard, you know, he's not that's, running that's, the team, the right? <laughs> drafted, they wanted me to be a point guard, but I wasn't a point guard. I'm like, why would you draft yeah. me to be a point guard when y'all just saw what I was at Duke? So I, it, that's a good point you made that because I don't know if you remember, they ended up, they didn't know who to start because I wasn't a point guard. So mm. they put Gravis Vasquez. You remember Gravis Vasquez? Yes, yes, yeah. So <laughs> shout out to Gravis. Gravis Vasquez ended up being the point guard and they put me at the two guard, which is the position I wanted, but they didn't see me as a score. So nothing was really ran for me. Everything was obviously, you know, it was pick and roll action team. And I, I wasn't a pick and roll guy at the time. I was just trying to be a scorer. Uh, yeah, that's funny, man. It's it's crazy how the NBA was. Well, now the NBA the is, can you shoot the three off the bounce? At that time, those off the bounce threes were horrible shots. Bro, that's what I'm trying to tell you. My whole, <laughs> life, my whole game was predicated on shooting step back threes. If you go back and look at my, <laughs> my high school highlights, they're all step back threes. Everything I did was off the dribble. Step back, step back. At the time, bro, if I came down and did a step back three, Ryan, I would have sat on the bench the rest of the game. <laughs> So like, you understand, like, the, the, that, that whole, like, yeah, like, this dude right here, like, this, this, this was dead in, in New Orleans. I couldn't do none of this. So it was, well, it was uh, tough, man. As I bring this up, man, I want you to talk your talk again because walk me through these moments, but also let me know, you made a statement that, which was one of the realest things, and, like, not a lot of people are certified to say it. Um, I'm, I'm probably misquoting you, but it was along the lines of, nowadays, everybody has a mixtape. When I had a mixtape, you had to be one of the top players. You had to be about all that business, pretty much. Everybody has mixtapes now. Everybody thinks they're good. I was really that dude. So walk me through these moments, and why did you feel it important to give a lot of truth to these high school kids? Because, every listen, my son got a mixtape, okay? Everybody got mixtapes now, right? Like, where did that come from? Uh, I mean, that's just how I felt. I mean, that's just uh, growing up. I, 
you only got a mixtape if you were a top tier guy. And when you got one, you would huddle around the computer with your friends because you're like, yo, they made a mixtape. I never asked, I never <laughs> yeah, asked yeah. mixtape to show up to my games. I never asked Baller's Life to come to my games. I never called anybody. I never reached out to anybody. Like I said, we didn't have social media back then. I didn't, I didn't have none of that. They strictly would just pull, they pulled up to the guys that could hoop game because they know they'd see something crazy. It just manifested. And I think nowadays kids even go into games trying to do something that can get on a mixtape or they're, they're trying, sure. to, trying to like, make a spectacular play instead of the right play. Like they show you these clips, but my team was the number one team in the state. We won every game. We play the right way. I have these crazy clips, but they don't put in a hoop mixtape me coming down and making an extra pass or me diving on the floor, me playing defense. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We did all the necessary stuff to win games, but obviously, you know, talent's going to have its moments. So that's my point, which is about was parents not trying to pay to have their kids get their own mixtape. Like, bro, like there has to be like some installation of work ethic and just like organic highlight tapes, man. Instead of like this forced, you know, scene that we see today, I get it. Everyone gets a mixtape. Everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a medal. Uh, everyone, everyone's gets first place. You know what I mean? Like this concept of that is just, I, I've never been that type. I grew up, you know, you know where I grew up. So it's just like, you know, the yeah, way I was yeah. raised was it's non-existent. So I grew up watching Derrick Rose and Eric Gordon. Uh, those are the guys I watch, man. <laughs> OJ Mayo, you know, people don't understand what OJ was in high school, but OJ Mayo, you know, Derek Rose, Brandon Jennings. These are the mixtapes that I, these are, and these are only the top tier guys. They had mixtapes, but this is why I saw them. You know, I, I saw Eric Gordon, right. Derek Rose, AJ, OJ Mayo play in person. I was like, man, I want to be these guys. I told Eric that too when I played them. I was like, Eric, bro, you have no idea how many times. And I'm sitting there saying things that people say to me. Everybody's always coming up to me like, bro, I've seen your mixtape 100 million times. I was saying this yeah, to Eric yeah, yeah. I was telling Eric, <laughs> I told D. Rose this. I was like, bro, do you know how many times I've watched your guys' Mean Street uh, AAU highlights? Like, I, <laughs> you know, I felt like I was on the team. So it's just like, yeah, it's, that's kind of how I feel about that stuff. Man, I, I love that because it is perspective to go out and work and don't play for the cameras. You know, sometimes these kids play for the, or they're scared to get, like, just go hoop, man. Because the, the longevity, right? <laughs> like, bro, everybody get crossed over. I get crossed over once a game. If you play hard defense, you're supposed to get crossed over. You know what I mean? It's the only that don't get dunked on or don't get crossed over are guys who don't play any defense. Like that, and that's that's just like whatever. You know what I mean? So again, we live in highlight culture. You know what I mean? But I think there's a circle. I think before there wasn't. Now there is highlight culture. I think because it, it'll eventually Ryan get to so much highlights that it'll be so normal lies to people that people can then go back to understanding it's part of the game. You know, everything comes back full circle. Okay, everybody, stay tuned. So <laughs> something happened to Austin Rivers in-game. He had a choice to either keep playing or sit out. You're not going to believe what this man ends up doing, and it ends up sitting a buzz through the whole league. We'll have him tell us about it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DK Hoops only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's officially tee it up, man. Let's take you into the NBA Rookie Life film room with Ryan Hollins, man. And I'm, I need, um, you're not Doc. Let's go Coach Rivers, man. Well, you be Coach Rivers for fun, man. Let's go Coach Rivers. And I want you to break down the sets. Let's have some locker room talk. If we're sitting here watching the film, you're my coach or you're, you're Austin's coach. You know what I'm saying? You're coaching yourself. So talk to me about the, 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 the bloody face, the stitches. I feel like you got league-wide respect from this game, even though I always respected you, but even more so like, hey, dog, I'm about all that. Like, I don't care where I came from. I don't care who I grew up. I don't care who I knew. I'm about that life. And you went out and put in work. Austin Rivers used the screen. Austin Rivers, he got hit hard, and he is down and shaken up. But on top of the other two issues they have, Austin Rivers got hit right across the face. Down and bleeding. Oh, boy. Really oh, boy. I remember this because I remember I overshot it. I got cracked right in the face by Alfred Aminu's elbow. Probably the worst elbow I could probably get on the floor. He's the skinniest, the skinniest dude on the floor. So, you know, he had the sharpest elbow. I had, sure. uh, <laughs> yeah, in that moment, I, I just remember I, I had like a low key concussion, and obviously I was leaking <laughs> up there. Um, yeah, that that did not feel good, but yeah, you know, you take yourself back. In this moment, I think we were down three two. I'm back there getting stitches. The doctor said if I go out there, I could lose my vision because it was so swollen there that if I took another blow to the head, you know, it it, it could. Can you see? Trauma. No, I couldn't see anything on my left eye. I was done. It completely closed up. I was shooting out of one eye. I mean, I can't see anything. You'll see it other times, but uh, um, you just play off. Like I said, you play off adrenaline, man. Like you just get lost in the game. You know, I wasn't thinking about earning my respect. I wasn't thinking about. I didn't care about nobody's respect, bro. I, I, I still don't. After I played this game, people started to look at me differently, and people started to be like, "Man, okay, you are a hooper." But my thing is like, I don't, I mean, I've been a hooper, bro. You don't need nobody's validation because I got stitched up in the eye game and I play well. That now y'all respect me, bro. You know what I mean? But this is the game that did it. You know what I mean? I, I, I played a game to win. I played to compete. And I play because I love basketball. And I don't think I'm the best player in the world, but I compete against anybody. And I have a good time doing it. 
And this game, we were down 2-3. We were missing our stars. We had nothing to lose. Chris and Blake were hurt. So, you know, it was me, JJ, Jamal, Paul Pierce, DJ. You know, we just out there just trying to make something crack. You know what I mean? And we, we ended up, uh, we lost this game, but it was a battle. You know what I mean? We just had fun with it. You shot that same floater, dog. Did you give a, a second moment like, dog, I'm about to shoot this same shot or a little a little PTSD? No, nah, I got like, I swear it was like an adrenaline. After I went in there and I saw one go in with the one eye, I'm like, yo, I'm about to run. I'm about to start. <laughs> if you look in the paint, I, I was playing <laughs> just like adrenaline and me just being crazy right now. I, I'm just a nut job when it comes to being competitive. I cheat Monopoly with my kids, bro. I don't like losing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really a menace, man. So, yeah, I, I just really was just trying to, like, just hoop, win the game. I wasn't thinking about anything. And then after, kind of, like, everybody kind of gave me that respect, which was dope. I, I appreciate the flowers and the love, man. Man, hats off, bro. But, like, is there a moment afterwards where you look back and was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that? Or, like, yo, dang, I didn't know my eye looked like that. Like, <laughs> right here after the game, when I started, my adrenaline started to wear down. I could feel this pressure behind my eye. I was scared I was going to lose my vision. That whole night, I was like panicked going to sleep, hoping like, man, I hope I don't wake up tomorrow and like, I can't see it on my right eye. Like, you know what I mean? Because I, of course, yeah, I had one good game with one eye, but you know, if you lose your vision in an eye or something like that, I don't know how my career would have went forward after that. You know what I mean? So I was nervous. I, I thought after that game, I was like, that might've been a little stupid to go do that. I was nervous. They're, they're also worried about infection of other yeah, guys yeah, yeah. getting in all my cuts in my eyes, my open wounds. So like I was, you know, whatever. Was there, was there a moment where we got to ask it dog, where doc kind of had the dad hat, like looked at you, like, are you sure? When I came to the huddle, he was like, you good. I was like, yeah, it's like, you good. Cause he always used to tell me that he was like, there's a difference between you trying to be tough and playing and going out there and hurting your team versus you being tough and playing and being productive still. Um, mm-hmm. I don't need a tough guy that's going to go out there and play bad. Uh, you don't get points for doing that. He always used to tell me that. So, he's like, so if you're going to play hurt, don't think you got this excuse after to be like, well, I was hurt. You know what I mean? For so sure. I, when he told me that, he's like, you good? I was like, yeah. He's like, Austin, you good? You know, this boy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm okay. He was like, all right. And then I remember <laughs> in like the fourth quarter, my eyes really got swollen and started leaking. You could see all the blood going down my face. My dad looked at me. He was like, you all right, man? You sure you can play? I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I was like, let's just keep going. I, I didn't even know what was happening, man. You know what I mean? I was just, that, that was my yeah, first yeah. moment too. Also in the league where I felt like, you know, I was on to something, you know, and I just wanted to embrace it. Love it, bro. Well, in, in better moments um, where you had two good eyes, we see what you're about. You dropped a, uh, a 41 ball, man. I think my career was in the 20s. As a rocket. As a rocket. There we go. Taking off as like taking off like a rocket, man. Um, walk me through this, man. The team was down. You in the bubble. What what Austin Rivers is this, man? Because I think obviously you, you're certified at this moment. Good move. Nice drive by Austin Rivers for the layup. Kings by 14. I'm sorry, make it 12 and 26 to 14. Defense great and offense for the Kings. Austin Rivers buries the step back triple. Rivers from top town. Throw it to midcourt. Rivers saves it. Still got plenty of time on the possession. Austin Rivers, son of Clipper coach Doc Rivers. With the scoop. Oh, pretty job there to tie the score. Inside four minutes to go. Rivers looking for more. Oh, what a nice adjustment there by Austin Rivers. Coming up on one minute to go. 
The Euro step off the glass, and there it is. Career high, 39 points for Austin Rivers. See, this is what I'm saying. This is what, this is what I wanted uh, right out the gates in New Orleans, man. Just step back, quick threes, playing fast, playing with pace, attacking downhill. Playing for D'Antoni, obviously, it's a loose offense, man. You know, you go out there, you let it fly, you be aggressive. So, obviously, most of that offense was always predicated around James and Russ. This is a game where Russ wasn't playing. And, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, go out there and do something. But we were playing for seating at this point. This is bubble time. And what a weird time, man, to be playing in the bubble. What, was, what were you guys' offensive philosophies? You talked about playing free and this being... I wouldn't even say a different NBA, but I think different philosophies than you've been a part of. What were you guys' philosophies offensively? And, you know, where did you feel like this fits you playing in Houston? Um, I think, you know, it was also, I say D'Antoni, but it was D'Antoni and James. You know, it was mm. that style in Houston was very just, it was open. You know, a lot of it was James ISOs, you know, James kind of controlling the offense. You know, obviously Russ added a wrinkle to that because he was able to do his own thing to attack into the paint. But it was just open offense. There was no, it's trust your game, shoot shots, be sure about it, let it fly. Dan Tony, there's no philosophy, bro. It's like, I mean, it's, it, there's a philosophy. Really? The, philosophy the philosophy is no philosophy. It's like, he wants <laughs> run open offense and it's usually with a very talented ball handler or a guy who can master the game. Steve Nash, James. You know, those are the two guys that when you think of Dan Tony and the things he's been able to do, what he did with the Suns and Steve Nash and Amari in that pick and roll action. And then with Phoenix and those James MVP years, how open the offense was, how much scoring we we're doing. A lot of threes. And he likes guys who can attack and make plays off the dribble. Okay, guys, stay tuned, man. We are going to go into the NBA Rookie Life film room and talk about the future in the past. Yeah, Austin Rivers talking about the future NBA and the past NBA and Pass might be a little close to him. Either way, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You'll find out coming up next on NBA Rookie Life with Ryan Hollins. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When I was in LA, I probably say some of the funnest times of my life because I'm from LA. When I played for Boston with Doc, I think, well, shoot, Pops was there for both of them. I think some of the funnest times of my life. Do you look at this Houston team that you were on as some of like your best memories? Like, dog, this was just fun. I think my best memories of playing basketball were with the Clippers. I think my most enjoyable years playing basketball were with the Rockets. And I think it's just because the anxiety mm. and the pressure of not dealing with the, with the Doc stuff. You know, I finally got to do it and hoop on a team that wasn't, you know, with my pops, which I didn't have to deal yes. with all that stuff with. You know what I mean? So I think I enjoyed the game a little bit more. But in terms of like where I played my best basketball, where I had like each night, a, the, you know, the most meaningful role, Houston's up there, but Clippers was number one by far. But Houston would be right there, right behind there. And I had a great time playing there. But yeah, you know, I always tell people I, I, I would be more fit to play for my, my pops now than I would back then. Because back then I was young, I still hadn't proven much. So when I went and played for them, a lot of people felt a certain way about it. Whereas now, obviously, I've been in the league for 11 years, you know, only three of which were my pops. The other eight have been on other teams. So that's already been validated and verified. Not that it needed to be, but it is now. For sure, so nah. Now, now it would just be so much easier to like go out there. Me and him could actually like work together and not have a, you know, it wouldn't be an issue. But this time in Houston, man, it was just so free, man. We were running the gun, and James was probably the best guard in the NBA at this time. You know, uh, the Warriors were the team that we were trying to get by that we could never really manage to put something together with. But yeah. Yeah, man. No, no, this is good stuff. And like I said, this slim company that you joined here dropping 41 in the game. And for those who, who aren't paying attention, you know, the team was down. You guys needed this 41. Did you feel the pressure like, okay, I need to step up and I need a little play a little better in this game because you guys end up winning this ball game and coming back and the Kings were on y'all. Yeah, they were, you know, playing free, playing loose. Obviously, I think they knew their season was ending because this is before the Kings really leveled up. And for us, we were trying to get like seating and stuff. So it was definitely important. I, you know, we didn't have rest that game, like I said. So it was one of those games where I knew there was going to be an opportunity and a need for scoring. I hate when James gets this bad rap of this selfish guy, this guy that just, you know, just wants to shoot the ball every time. You're dropping 40 and James is encouraging you. What were some of the things he maybe ha had been saying to you during this game? Or what was the feel just like, oh, often if you rolling, I'm going to get out your way and let you cook. No, James will let you go, man. If you was cooking, James would, you know, he, he would implore you. James, the only thing is James would get frustrated with your, you know, James wanted everybody to be as consistent and hit as him at the time scoring. So like the next game, if I missed a couple, he'd be like, no, I need you to be. I'm like, bro, you know, like that, that's, that's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm not getting 20 some shots a game. You know, I mean, James will look at you crazy. I'm like, what do you want me to do? You want to score 40 every game? You know, I mean, like, but that's, you know, James just wants, but he's one of those dudes that when you're cooking, he's like, go ahead, man. Like, be, he would tell me to be more yeah, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Russ, Russ would too. Russ, Russ was always telling me. Same with Chris Paul. Chris was probably the most unselfish player I've ever played with. He was one of those pros that he would kick the ball ahead of me at half court when he wasn't getting an assist. You know, he'd kick the ball ahead yes. of you and be like, go, go, go. You know what I mean? And, Chris really helped me change my career. Jamal and JJ, you know, playing around straight vets in the Clippers. That really helped change my whole career playing with those guys. Man, I love that stuff, man. Well, you, we're talking about James. You were there for 61. James's career high. 
Steph right. Contested three, got it, and one. Now the baseline, and that was easy. Horton straight away for three. Another one, plus the foul for the foul line. Good. 27 for Harden. Harden. Oh! A swag step there for James Harden. Rebound to Harden. Harden, the Euro step. The layup is good. Literally, one on four. Harden. 45. Holy smokes. Tough for Harden to get a clean look at a three on Robinson, so he just crossed him over, got to the rack, and one. They go once again in the bottom lane, going down a piece, and stolen by Harden. Harden for the slam to seal the deal. 61 for Harden. And that will do it. 61, the Gordon three, and then the terrific defense. Gordon forced a turnover, and then Harden put the exclamation point. I knew he was going for it after four minutes into the game because he usually starts the game like kind of passing and like you get everybody involved and then he'll score and then he'll come back. He, like he, he's, There's like a science to his madness, you know what I mean? And in this game, as soon as the clock he's out there trying to score, I'm like, oh, this dude's going for it. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously, once you get to that 30, 40 point range and it's only the third quarter, fourth quarter, we know this guy's going to try to go for 60. Like, look, I'm just cutting, trying to create movement. If you see him, <laughs> <laughs> cutting creates a whole open lane for the driver so like like these wings you'll just see us cut move back screens just trying to create space for him to go cook what is it like with Harden it, it, when he's getting in that zone or going for it is he a big talker you know is he is he got that laser focus like what what would you guys would you guys encourage him or is it like you know what let him cook this is gonna be special I think at this time, you know, James was just on another planet in terms of his scoring ability. This is where his mental peak and his athletic peak met. Obviously, your mental keeps going as you get older, but that athleticism starts to go down. I think this is at a point in James's career where his mental and his peak just met right at the perfect time. I thought James at this time was the best guard in the NBA, either him or Steph, but I thought James could do more at this time. You know, this is just big body, athletic James, still strong, had a midi, had a could finish in the paint, could dunk on you, his step back there. He's like, you can see his burst on these drives. You know, like now, obviously, he still has that. But, you know, Father Time's undefeated unless you're LeBron, you know. For sure. You can see here, this is when he had that still that burst and that strength, um, yet that craftiness and wisdom. I, I thought he was the ultimate scoring just uh, machine. And, and no, you're right, because I remember, you know, I've played with Hall of Famers, you know, Chris, Dirk, KG, Paul, like all these guys, Baron, like, and you're right. When they are cooking, you just get out the way. I Listen, man, I've argued. You got Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, James Harden. We talk about the greatest scores of all time. Easily, James Harden is one of the greatest scores that this game has ever seen. And it's interesting to me, Austin, you said like, hey, man, like he can play different styles. He can do what he wants to on the court. At a certain point, were the New York fans cheering for James? Uh, I just remember, like, I remember, like, vaguely, like, Ben Stiller was there, and every time he'd shoot a shot, he'd stand up and, like, hold his head because, like, everybody was in amazement of how much points <laughs> he was going. He actually ended up getting the steal, or Eric got the steal, and James ended up dunking it for 61, which made it even sweeter. We got the win. Yeah, the, the whole crowd was amazed by his scoring. He, he was going crazy that game.
That's nice, man. That, that's big time. All right. Well, we got two fun clips before we get you out of here, man. We got to break down the past and the present. Let's start with the present or better yet, the future. And just once they get used to the physicality of the game, they're able to do certain things. As you see him right there, Hell in the Rock with his step back, his skill set is wow. See what oh I mean? My. That's just amazing. And, you know, yeah. And think about it. That is one of the things that I talk about all the time because of their skill set. They understand the game. They just don't go out and just play the game. They understand the game and they have systems implemented that allows them to get their skill set up. But see, look at that thing. And it also helps that he's, you know, seven plus. <laughs> Austin, man, let's talk about this young man here and break this clip down for me because Austin, he's moving like you, but he's taller than me. Have you seen anything about this? And if I if I didn't know if I didn't know basketball, why is this special, Austin? Well, that clip that you just showed is the craziest clip I think I've ever seen. I've never seen someone at that size do a handle like that, shoot a step back three, and then go follow the tip dunk without it bouncing on the floor. I've seen some crazy clips of him, and I'd be like, okay, this guy's a freak athlete. I get it. He's going to be a number one prospect. After I saw this clip, that's when I, I remember, like, I texted this video to my dad. I was like, are you seeing this, man? I was like, this dude is, he is, <laughs> he is unbelievable. You know, obviously, there's questions about his strength and his, you know, his build, but he'll fill into over time. But he's just, it's, yeah, the, his coordination, I think, for his size is what really is the biggest turn on for me in terms of when you're looking at a player from a talent standpoint. His ability and agility and, and, and overall just fundamental coordination that he has at his size, you don't see. Bigs do not have, most, most of the time, 99% of centers do not have the ball and aren't feel, there's, there's a rhythm that guards have that, you know, usual centers don't. That's yes. why yeah, 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 yeah. Look at Jordan <laughs> Lee like a freak because he's doing like hezzies and Euro steps. We're like, you know what I mean? That's a standard for a point guard, but like centers don't do that. You know what I mean? So it's, this is new NBA right here. This is new. Instead of him being in the post, like this is what you got. You know what I mean? And this guy's coordination, man, like he's uh, he has the ability to be everything that people are saying. He really does. And you know it's unique? Normally, but like, oh, we got a big guy. Ask Ryan about him. Ask a big guy. And I'm like, I was thinking about it. I was like, no, Austin, it was crazy. This looks like your moves off your highlight tape. Like, so you're watching him saying, he's legit doing this at 7-5. Like, he's hitting a move I'd be hitting and it follows it with a tip jam. Yeah, crazy, bro. The tip jam is, is the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. Early on, you talked about him adding, obviously, awareness and strength. Any young player and adjusting to the league, how do you think he's going to translate as soon as he gets there from the things you've seen, or even just from watching this clip with his you know, body type and, and skill set? Um, I think you're going to see guys try to body him and be really physical with him. And I think th that's when he'll realize the necessities he needs to add to his game, whether it's just a little bit extra weight, a little bit more fundamentals around the rim, maybe with touch, left hand, right hand. People, you know, right now there's no scouting report really. He hasn't played any games. Pretty soon we're gonna see how much he likes to go left, how much he likes to go right, what his percentage is shooting over his left shoulder versus right shoulder, which elbow does he like to work on, which which way does he get uncomfortable? When and how does he turn the ball over? What hand does he like dribbling with? All these things are answered. You know what I mean? And the more you play, the more that scouting report is, and the more you have to get in your bag. Clearly, this guy has skill, talent, and he has a bag. That'll have to develop more. But he has things you just can't teach Ryan. His size and his height, bro, like, you go down there and just tell him hang around the rim and he'll figure it out. You know what I mean? So, like, he's going to be an impact on defense and automatically, too. With his quickness, he'll be able to switch one through five. 
or really guard guards well. He's going to be an issue on defense. And on offense, he's going to be an issue as that jump shot develops. If he can hit the jumper, he has the quickness advantage. He just needs to size up a little bit, but that'll happen. He's young. He'll naturally just, I'm sure when he gets to the NBA, they're going to have him eating right. And they're going to have him lifting and, and all For these sure. different things. Just like AD. <laughs> when AD came in, man, he was skinny. And by year three, you know, AD was a full man. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's going to happen with this kid. He's going to be special, bro. Do you see some similarities? Obviously, they're they're different. But between Wimby and AD, obviously, with the big guy who, who can move, I mean, yeah. Wimby, he, he's darn near a foot taller. But, you know, what? because you saw a young AD develop. And AD was a guard, for those who don't know. Like, do you see similarities there that you talked about? Exactly. Everybody keeps talking about how like, well, 80's not, you know, he's different. 80's more of a post player. And I'm like, well, now he is. But actually him coming in, like 80 was a big guard who found his way at that four spot mm. being a mismatch. But he has high skill level and he moves very similar to Victor. Obviously, Victor's even more mobile. That's what makes him so freaky. But there's a lot of similarities between him and AD just in terms of size, length, even gameplay and style. Just even the way he blocks shots looks like AD sometimes. When I see some of these clips, I have flashes of like AD at Kentucky, like yeah. super young AD and New Orleans AD. So it's he's still a raw product. And what we're seeing is already special. But yeah, he's uh, he's like a combination between Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Kevin Durant, and like, I don't even know, man, like a, like a, you know what I'm saying? Like a lanky big, and like, I don't even know. It's, uh, we haven't seen him before. I, there's nobody else. Been, Victor's the first of his kind, you know, honestly. So he's like a more advanced version of Chet, you know, the guy in OKC. For like, sure. Yep. You know, yep. Again, you saw Chet went down a season injuring injury. You know, he's got to bulk up a little bit, you know what I mean? Which I'm sure he will over, over time too. He's young. So yeah, it's, some of these guys are freaks, man. All right, Austin, let's get to the fun stuff. Let's go to the past, man. Get in the time vault, man, before we get you out of here. We need Coach Rivers to talk about Doc Rivers. You know, you're going to be, you, you Coach Rivers right now. He, he's playing okay. Doc Rivers, man. Uh, break down some of these clips. Hey, talk about Doc Rivers, a former player here with the Atlanta Hawks. We see Hawks. Doc. Shout out, shout out to Doc. Coach, what's up with you, man? And, uh, uh, okay, look. <laughs> young Glenn. Glenn Rivers, man. man. This is before he had the nice veneers in, man. This is when he got the big. Big dot teeth, man. Let me see this. Look at this dude. Look at this. Okay. When you see his game, did you have some? Do you see like, man, I kind of play like my dad or move like him a little bit? Are there some similarities? Are you like, you know, we different players. I, I, I got a little new new school to me. Yeah, I'm totally different, man. I got the new school. He more of that old school. I think he's more similar to my older brother. Mm. They're very similar. But he got it done, though, man. This dude is, you know, more of a pass-first point guard, but he was athletic and could score the ball a little bit. But we were different players. Do you think, obviously, Austin, you got a lot of basketball left. Do you think that, and I'm going to throw it out. I'm sure people have said it, but I'm, I'm going to jump on it early. Um, there may be some coaching in your future. We know you know the game, man. Or is that kind of like, you know what, when I hit that part, you know, I'll, I'll think about it when, it when it's there. No, I would love to. I, I, I'm, I, I can't say no to being a coach or anything in the front office. It's one of the two. You know, obviously, that'll ha that, those decisions will have to be made dependent on how this media transition goes over the next, you know, six, seven years. Obviously, I want to play basketball for another five, six years or four or five years. You know, whenever they stop calling really is the goal. Um, but uh, I could never say I don't want to be a coach. I could definitely see myself coaching down the line. I, I have the love for the game. I love being on the front lines of it. I love the engagement. Um you know, obviously coaching is a whole different animal and something I'm not familiar with and just not having the experience yet. But that's something I could see myself doing down the line. 
Well, Austin, you put in your work, brother. I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to do any anything that you want to do so, on, on, the, so, on this bro. side. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, ho hopefully we'll see next year, man. It might be H-Town. That, that would be dope, man. Hey, 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 yeah. hey, man. I'd love to see that, man. I'd love to see that. i tell you that much. Um, yeah. Well, Austin, man, it's a privilege to sit and talk with you, bro. I've always been wanting to sit and talk basketball with you. You know, we always chop it up when we see each other. Oh. And then, uh, none but love, man. Thanks for coming on, bro. I'm sure any team that you go to, uh, who knows, maybe H-Town, that's beyond me, but there might be some, you, you're going to get a good one, man. Where can we check you out, man? Where can we support you? That's one of the things here on this podcast. You took the time to come and chop it up with us and hang out. Where can we support you? And what are some of the projects you have uh, working on where we can get down and see more Austin Rivers? Oh, well, appreciate it. First off, thank you guys for, for having me on this show. I've always liked chopping it up with you, man. That's why every time I see you, it's love. It's always going to be love this way, brother. Um, but uh, yeah, right now I'm on. I'm with The Ringer. I got a, a podcast called Off Guard. Every episode drops every Friday. You can listen to it on Spotify. Off Guard with The Ringer, man. Um, having a blast, really kind of getting into this space, getting to talk, guys like you, getting to hear people's stories and just getting kind of giving the audience, whether they're working out or on their way to work, you know, having a chance to, you know, listen to guys talk in a way they, they never have. I, I'm more into dialogue, you know, not interviews. I, I just want to have a chop it up with you and have an actual organic conversation and have people listen to us and see if they like it or not. And I, we definitely did that today, bro. So I appreciate you having me. Thank you. And this is something you're going to be doing through the NBA season. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. We've already done a couple episodes. We started like early mid-season. We've had Anthony Edwards on. We've had an episode with Carl Anthony Towns. We just did an episode with Nikola Vucevic. Vucci. Vucci. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we got a whole bunch this summer coming. So we're getting into it, man. We'll shoot nothing but love, bro. Uh, make sure you go follow IG, Twitter. Keep it up, Austin. But like I said, man, I love what you do, bro. I love the way that you work. I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people that show no matter where you come from, go grind, go get it. You can be your own man. I always quote you when I'm talking to my sons. Man, Austin will be working, man. He don't care about it. <laughs> so no, yeah, no, you, no, you no, keep I was, doing I that, man. Lie, bro. I didn't, I didn't care about growing up rich. I didn't want to go to the house and video games. I didn't care about hey. the neighborhood. I was in, my dad used to drop me off in the hood and we go play basketball for, I'm not even kidding. I'm dead ass <laughs> Everybody in Orlando knows what I'm speaking is facts. So I ain't got no, no worries about this. I used to move all day, every day, bro. That's why I'm here, man. You got to love it. That's why you're here. Hey. You got to love it. At some, at some point, has anybody come to you like, Austin, we got money. You're not broke, man. You don't need to do this. You didn't need to risk your eye. <laughs> People would always ask me, like, it was more so in high school when it'd be like a Friday night. It'd be 10 p.m. and my boys would be at some house party, you know, and they would call me They're like, yo, bro, why are, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm in the gym. They're like, bro, it's 10 p.m. on a Friday, bro. Like, relax. You're good. You know, you're ranked high. Your dad's doc. This is, I'm like, bro, I'm, that, bro. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be this. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that, that, that was, that's kind of, I used to get it then. And I used to miss all the parties. I was the awkward kid that didn't go to any parties or I didn't, at Duke, I never went to one party while I was at Duke. I think I went to Shooters one time as a bar. I think it went once. I, I was not seen, bro. I, I was, I still, I, I don't move. Well, none but love, little bro. It's, it's paying off and um, it's a pleasure to see. And I just say this as a father, I'm sure your dad lets you know, but there's nothing cooler than seeing your son have the success. And I know firsthand, even when you're not around, how proud your father is of you and that you've been your own man. And I think I have a strong relationship with my father had one. Um, so it, it's, it's really cool. And I tell you, for you two to be able to share that, that means something to me. So hats off, brother. Hats off, man. Salute and hopefully more of it, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, man. 
All blessings. Man, big, big shout out to Austin Rivers for hanging out with us. But even bigger shout to you guys, man. We cannot do this without you. We need your support. So listen, man, just simply like, follow, subscribe, share the word, man. If you like what you're hearing, let us know. If you don't like, let us know how we can be better, man. And let us know, hey, who would you like to see on NBA Rookie Life with Ryan Hollins? Stay tuned and we'll see you guys next week. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.